Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production, and hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, this episode, I do an interview with a great old friend of mine, Barbara Robertson from Wilsonville, Oregon, and we get to hear the single Curtain Up from Strange Magic, so stick around for that. But until we can't get started, until we hear Laura Hope in the Arctones with a little Dr. Bartender, Laura, would you please... Give me the honor of getting us started. Hey, bartender, have me a drink. A reason that I'm here is I need time to think. All the ways of the world. Welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast. I am your bartender. I, you can call me the dude or you can call me Anthony. I go uh, go with either name. Don't ever call me Tony, though. I hate that. Uh, today's episode is a very special episode to me because I have my longtime friend, Barbara Robertson, who worked with me at Boston's Pub and Grill and pretty much taught me a lot of the ropes about being a bartender. Uh, so please, everybody... Uh, hey, Bartender Podcast. Welcome, hey, Barbara Robertson, to the show. Barb, thank you for being on my show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I've been waiting a long time to get you on this show just because, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I pretty much designed this uh, designed this show for my friends to be on and just with scheduling and all that stuff, and uh, that became a problem. But unfortunately for your luck, uh, uh, this whole COVID-19 thing, I pretty much knew you were home tonight. True, because I have nothing else to do but drink. <laughs> and you're not alone. I, I mean, I see uh, Facebook posts constantly, bartenders, you know, making random drinks while they're at home or making videos of them making drinks. Or uh, have what, what things have you been doing in your house lately that would be just like old habit that you're just used to doing it at the bar and you don't always do it at home. Have you been doing anything like that? Oh, of course. I stand in my kitchen, I cook my dinner, and I get everybody's plates together, and I stand there in the kitchen waiting for my food to cool because I don't know how to eat a warm meal. <laughs> so I stand in the kitchen, and I eat my food, and then go and ask everybody, hey, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, drinking. My liver's going to hate me through all of this <laughs> because it's getting a, it's getting a little bit of a workout right now. Yes, uh, you're not the only one out there. Oh, I, everybody on my podcast already knows that I'm not much of a drinker. So, but uh, no, I've been with you when you drank. You were not much of a drinker. Yeah, <laughs> at least I didn't do anything horrible or embarrassing, <laughs> as far as I know. No, you just get red. <laughs> yes, very red. Um. Anyway, Barb, to start off the show, it's traditional for my show that we give a drink recipe and share it with uh, all my listeners. Would you care to grace us with that, uh, with a new, with a drink recipe, something you enjoy to make or something new? 
Um, it's really not new. Um, it's because I am on a huge champagne kick. So I do my, my cheapest champagne I can find because it really doesn't matter about it. Um, and then I will get a like a flavored vodka, a raspberry, a blueberry, you know, grape, whatever. I do, you know, a bartender shot, meaning I'm a bartender and I'm pouring it at home. So I pour what I want in it right. as much as I want in it. <laughs> and then I top it off with some juice. Okay, so you're, you're mixing vodka, champagne, and juice? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Horrible. No, 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 that's actually something I've never heard of heard of before, and uh, I'm sure there, uh, a lot of my listeners out there are thinking, that's a hell of an idea. Um, I'll be right back. I'm going to go try that. Um, I think a lot of them do. I would assume that they do because it's, I don't know, quick to the punch. You know, let's just take it on home with a couple of, quick drinks and now uh uh now champagne and orange juice uh that's already a mimosa and uh that gives you kind of a tickle uh as you're drinking the orange juice but when you well, add it doesn't have to be orange juice like you or, can do a passion fruit you can do a mango like sometimes i'll do a peach puree that not puree 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 <laughs> that, <laughs> sorry um that i'll i'll put into it Sometimes strawberries, you just never know. It just depends on your feeling. Right. Now, the champagne already gives you a little bit of a tingle as it goes down. Does it give you an extra bite when you throw in the flavored vodka? Well, there's always going to be a little bite with vodka in your drink. So you're always going to have that little flavor of it. But it it just, I don't know, tastes good to me. What do you call this? I might call it a loaded mimosa. Loaded mimosa. Okay, perfect. Because it's good for breakfast. It's good for dinner. You're getting your vitamins, you know, with the whole COVID-19. I'm getting some of my, my vitamin C, getting a little of my drink on, you know. <laughs> Helps you clean the house better, too. <laughs> well, there, I could use that then. So, Barb, my listeners will, uh, will want to know about you. So, uh, let's start at the beginning. When did you start bartending? Oh my goodness. I started in Arizona. Um, oh gosh, I was young. I was 19 because you could do it then. Um, at Bill Johnson's Big Apple. That was my, my first introduction to bartending. I was a server first. Actually, I went through the whole house. I was the back of the house, front of the house. I was a food runner. And then one day the bartender called in sick. They said, Hey, would you like to bartend? I'm like, well, I drink. I know it's underage and I do not promote that. <laughs> but I figured I, I could do it. Yeah. And so that's when I started my bartending career at 19. And uh, was it kind of like some of the other bartenders have talked about when they first started bartending They and they came in the way you did when, you know, they started out as a server and then all of a sudden were behind the bar. Uh, what was your training like? Because well, a lot of the people say that they became. <laughs> they training. Became, there was no training. It's yeah, just like, hi. Meet the wolves. We're going to have a good time. And I'm like, sweet, I love wolves. Aren't they like dogs? I've got this. Because <laughs> so, um, a lot of people say they, uh, their training consisted of, okay, can you count to four? And you go, yeah. And then they go, okay, you're a bartender. <laughs> and... Oh, no, 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 no. I had to use this thing called a jigger that I'm not very familiar with these days. Because where I work now, we don't jigger pour. So they handed me the jigger. And they said, you just pour it here and you flip it. Mm. Okay, I got this. Not a problem. 
Well, they didn't tell me that each side of the jigger is kind of different. So, <laughs> so some drinks got a little heavier than others. Yes, yes. <laughs> Needless uh, to say, I didn't last long behind their bar. Yeah, the poor costs kind of went out the window, didn't they? Yes, yes. They they didn't really care for me then. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I, uh, we both worked at Boston's for uh, quite a few years together, and uh, you and I kind of developed an attitude towards jiggers and bubble pourers. So disgusting. Yeah. Abomination. uh, Yeah. uh, A real bartender hates those things, but uh, the uh, what they're referring to themselves as mixologists nowadays, they try to do fancy stuff with those things. And some restaurants almost insist on it just to keep their liquor costs down. Well, and, and you know, and that's good for them, but the boss that I have doesn't want that. I mean, he wants us to, um, you know, pour our drinks. You know, we we know how to to pour drinks. We know how to pour a heavy drink, but we also know how to stop people from drinking so much. So then you have your first drink. Yeah, it might be a little heavier than what you're used to, mm. for sure. But as the night goes on, then you bring them back. You 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 take them in. Pour a regular shot by the end of the night. Sometimes it might be less than that, but you give them a. A good a good dose, and then they, you know, keep going, right. I guess. And uh, by the time that they've made it to the fourth or fifth, they can't really taste it anyway, so. Yeah, they don't know that because their first drink was a nice, good pour. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we have done it. Um, but not saying that our way is the right way. You right. know, we, you know, we, we just, you just got to figure, you know, know how much your person is drinking know how much they can handle and if you've got somebody that's new of course you're not going to give them a nice good pour their first drink in because you've got to know the person right for them to know what they they, they can handle oh trust me um uh, a lot of my listeners if they're managers they're squirming in their chair right now but if they're bartenders they're going oh. hell yeah <laughs> yeah well but i've got the best boss that you know what when i go in on my off shift to pick up my check or just run in for a quick minute get some food to go um, I, I, I squirm when he goes to pour me my drink because I, I want to be able to leave. <laughs> yeah. Because he will pour the most intense drink you've ever had. Right. Yeah. It just all depends on the bartender. And sometimes, uh, when you're, when you go in off shift, you're, if you're friends with the bartender, they want to hook you up when really you don't want it. But yeah. Cause I will tell them, Anthony, I was the queen. Anthony, back in my younger days, <laughs> I want a shot of Jaeger. And I want it to the line. Don't do me any favors because yes. I want to know I what I have consumed. I remember that well. Now, Don't do me any favors. You and I have been friends for a long time, and so I know a lot about you. There, there are a couple things I'd like to uh, bring up on this show. You worked in Las Vegas for a little while. I did at the Holy Cow. Is that still around? On Las Vegas? No, it's not. Well, they they still have some of their big dogs. I I don't remember how many they have. So it was the Holy Cow. It was the Big Dog Corporation. Um, I worked at the Holy Cow off of Sahara and Nellis, right on the corner, right across the street from the Sahara. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really got introduced to to pouring drinks. What about customer service? Because every time, all the times I've gone to Vegas, I see, well, in the casinos, I don't, I haven't been into the uh, real bars. The bartenders don't deal with the public that much. They have their servers come up to the bar and uh, mm. uh, bring the drinks out. Um, well, no, not there because this was a restaurant 
and casino. So I would have, depending on what bar you're working, if you're working on the front door bar, which was a huge round bar, which you had your poker machines in front of. And mm-hmm. um, we had um, three bartenders to contend with that. And then we had the back bar, which was for like the dining people, the servers that would go up to that bar to get it and then go on. Mm. So it depended on what bar that you were at, the front bar or the back bar. But no, it wasn't just about making drinks for the cocktail waitresses. Yes, we did have cocktail waitresses that we had poured drinks for. Mm-hmm. But um, we also had to maintain our bar tops. Right. How hard was it to get a good uh, uh, switchover? I mean, you know, somebody thinks that the machine is lucky and they're going to stay there for hours, maybe. Uh, did, was oh, there? they would. Was there a lot of turnover or? It just depended on who who came through. I mean, it wasn't like you would have some people that would sit like there's a certain corners that had your dollar slots and then your you know your other slots. But you it it depended on how they thought the machine was. They could sit there all night long and in play. And there's you know they wouldn't drink. They'd have a soda, and if they won, perhaps they would tip you the ten percent, which you know is a supposed to be a normal tip but you know what you're going to tip me what you're going to tip me i don't know what you put in the machine and i don't know what you're taking out of the machine right so i was just always thankful for whatever they gave me exactly which was something that i uh i learned very quickly uh but got a little greedy from time to time when it came to the poker machines at boston's at least but yes you know i've always i've just always been uh been curious about vegas bartenders because you can serve 24 7 uh, mm-hmm. there's no last call basically. No. And there's a good chance that after you get off your shift on Tuesday, you come back on Wednesday and that same person is sitting at that same spot. Yeah. You know? Well, not necessarily because where I was is uh-huh. because I was on the strip. It wasn't in one of the local bars. So the most of the time we would have a few regulars, but for the most part, we, we didn't have that there. It's because the, the turnover People coming in for the weekend or coming in on a Monday because they don't want to deal with the crowds. I mean, it was it was always a new day. I mean, mm. don't get me wrong, you know, different faces, but there's still almost everybody's the same kind of drunk. Right. I mean, you've, you've got your list of different kinds, so you you can kind of figure out what they're going to be if you've been in the business long enough. You have met famous people in Las Vegas though while serving. Oh, yes. I have met famous people while serving in Vegas. Yes. And I have waited on people in Phoenix, Arizona that were famous. Really? Yeah. Charles Barkley and Dan Marley. Yeah. Wow. Are they as tall as they look? Um, Yeah. Well, in fact, the first time I, well, not the first time, let me rephrase that. The one and only time I waited on them, they were wanting a glass of milk. And I'm like, okay. So I went, mind you, it's a hotel bar restaurant so i went and usually there's only like these little certain size of glasses but mind you this is back in the 80s mm. and so i bring out this little glass of milk to them they ordered a glass of milk i'm like hey whatever and then they kind of laughed at me and i'm like oh you think you're funny well hold on so i go to the bar and i get our big steins for for beer and i both full of milk and I set it on the table and those guys thought that was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. <laughs> First of all, I had no idea who I was waiting on. Right. 
And so they're like, at the end of the night, they're like, do you want our autograph? And I'm like, yeah, totally good. I'm my receipt right here. Like, what are you, <laughs> something big? Like, my, the busters were followed over themselves because I just treated him like the average Joe. Right. I didn't know who they were. I didn't watch basketball at the time. Right. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know? And <laughs> so they thought that was the funniest thing ever. They even told my manager, we'll be back. We'll have our weight on us again. Which I never did. Oh. I never saw him. That's an awesome Dean story. Dean Newton. Um, I've seen Corey Feldman. Oh, I bet he partied. Um, no, he wasn't really drinking then at the oh. time. It was it was kind of a weird, weird thing. Like, I didn't... Like, we were right in the middle of a change of shift, and I was kind of like, well, okay, you're good. And I kind of got my stuff together, and then I had to go to the cage and drop off my money. Mm-hmm. Was there a dress code when you were in Las Vegas? The whole Las Yeah. No. No, no. It was just you wear whatever because we're right on the strip. And if you had a dress, I'm like, I wasn't in a fancy club. It was no club. Mm-hmm. It was just a, you know, you walk in, you're like, oh, it's kind of cool. And you could gamble, you could sit at the bar. Um, just kind of a fun place to be. Yeah, well, it's uh, probably a little, uh, takes a little bit of the sensory deprivation you get from being in the big casinos. For the tourists. For sure, because it was small. I can't remember how many poker machines we had. I want to say like 300 and change in the whole the whole bar mm. area that you had. Because you had the bar area and then you had up in the restaurant area. Yeah. So, so uh, after that, after you uh, finished, uh, decided to leave, you decided to leave Vegas eventually. And oh yes, is uh is that when you decided to move to Oregon? Yes, um, you know we had a kid, and I didn't think it was the best place to raise, you know, my son at the time. Um, and I told my husband, I'm like, let's go to Oregon. And so he looked like as nuts. I'm like, I've got family here. Why not move? Mm. And so we packed all our stuff up. Um. 23 years ago, 22 years ago and came to Oregon. So was Boston's your first job once you got to Oregon? Yes, it was. Got lucky. Yeah. Love that place. Yeah. You, you've been working there for a long time. Now that's well, not age me. That's not age no. me. I mean, obviously listeners know how old I am now because. <laughs> well, and yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Uh, you work, you've worked there as long as I've known you. Uh, yeah. And I started in 99. Uh, I have to, I have to bring up one of the first nights I met you. Cause, uh, I oh, was, uh, uh, I was trained by Sandy, Sandy Kennedy, a real honest to God bartender at the bartending Academy who was oh amazing with uh, my mom's best friend. Right. That's how you and I got to know each other. And, uh, cause I mentioned, I knew Sandy and you, uh, we had that in common. So we became friends from pretty much then on out. Yes. And, um, but, uh, when I mentioned that I got trained by Sandy Kennedy, you, uh, saw, oh, I love her. And I remember her, attending uh, bar with my mom with like 12 inch heels. Cause she was really short. <laughs> oh yeah. So like, she's like, you know, like four ten, four eleven, like super short with her big old high heel. <laughs> But um, I used to worry about uh, other bartenders kind of looking at me kind of funny because I went to a bartending school. And yeah, I uh, didn't make fun of you. No, you didn't. But did I not? I thought I did. 
I don't remember you making fun of me about it, but there was one thing that I brought up to you that I learned from the bartending school that you took advantage of is I told you, you teach me a new drink, you get it for free. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, and I'm sorry I snorted, but no, that that's was okay. true. It's <laughs> a great memory. I just had in my head. <laughs> but, uh, the funny part about it was that I greatly appreciated was the next night you came in and I was working and you tried to teach me the same drink. And I said, you taught me this last night and you said, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. Yes. Um, I was trying to see what, how much you could take from the fellow bartenders in town, because let's a minute. Like most of bartenders in town were nice, but were assholes. Some of them. We're all assholes, and you're new. You're new meat on the territory, so we got to give you help to see how much you could take. Right, and that happens with every job, uh, whether uh, whether you're working in food service industry or you're working in the minefields or you know the mine. Yeah, anywhere. Know. Yeah, because we got to see how much you can take, and you took it. And at that moment, I just went, "I love him," <laughs> because he takes my crap. Right. I, uh, you know, I knew how to take some crap and then some of it, it just roll off, uh, roll off my back. I don't remember it. Ha- uh, you giving me uh, too so much. You crap. would always flick it back. You always flipped it back. That's mm-hmm. why we became such good friends as we did. Yeah. And, uh, I've always maintained that you and Shannon were pretty much the ones that taught me the, I mean, Sandy Kennedy, sure. She taught me the technical aspects of, uh, being a bartender because there, you can't teach customer service. Uh, in a schoolroom, at least. But you and Shannon were pretty much the ones that pretty much, you know, say, do it this way, it'll be better. And like, oh, okay. Because some people were, when I first started bartending, some people were afraid of me because I was kind of quiet. Yeah, you were. (laughs) (laughs) But you were so fun because people forget that, and I love you, Anthony. And you were the biggest nerd that I know. Uh (laughs) Other than my son. Um, but you would throw out these great one-liners that nobody really got. And you're sitting there and you're, you just threw out some information about music for sure. Music. Like you just throw this one line and you're like, right. Oh my God, that's great. That's great. So some little girl would walk up the bar. Hey, Anthony, can I get such and such? Well, I don't know. But, 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 and you would throw out this great, and I'm trying to think of one of your great one-liners that you would throw out. And I would die every time I'm like, He's the funniest fucker I've ever met in my life. <laughs> How are you all not dying? Because he's so fucking funny. <laughs> and you kill me because you just, you were so nerdy, socially awkward, but you were such a good bartender. Like, you could keep a control of a room and, and really not give a shit what people thought. And I thought, I've got to learn that from him. And actually, that's what you taught me. Oh, really? Yeah, for sure. Hands down. I never thought I had anything to offer either you or Shannon when it came came to bartending. No, you just taught me how to, you know, let some stuff roll off my back, which Shannon was a big influence because I was kind of an asshole bartender then. Mm. Now I just, you know, it is what it is. Right. But uh, we, we can do it. We can do it nice. We can do it mean. But I kind of prefer the nice way now, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, well, there was a period of time you told me that you actually saw 
uh, instead of seeing jerk customers as jerk customers, you saw them more as a, uh, of a challenge to get them to like you. Yes. Yes. And for sure. Like you don't like me. I'm going to make you like me. You don't know it yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to trick you into liking me. Uh, um, tell, you know, tell my listeners a little bit how you, how you managed or how you worked that out. Oh, because, you know, it just took me a few years to realize that they're either going to like you or they're not. I mean, they, they want to be your friend because obviously I control the alcohol. Right. And there'd be the ones that come in like, I just don't like her because she's just a bitch. But yes, I realize I am a bitch. But now my, my goal is to make, I'm going to figure you out and I'm going to make you like me. And I would just kind of chit chat with them a bit, figure out how they like their drink. I'd give them hell. I'd talk shit to them. They'd start talking shit back. And then you just get this kind of like, oh my God, I don't, can't believe I didn't like you. Right. Because you just have to work that person to what personality you actually kind of want them to have. I know that sounds weird mm. and I, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, you, you just find that person. You're like, okay, I'm going to figure you out. I've got you. I've got you in my sights and now we're going to figure it out. Right. And now I've got you figured out. And now watch, I'm going to end up being your favorite bartender because I've got you figured out. I'm going to make you laugh. And who knows? I could trip behind the bar just to make you laugh. <laughs> Been known to do that. Some some of the best bartending nights was uh, I remember when working at Boston's was, was when you and I were working Friday nights together. And oh, two dollar Jaeger shots, Jesus Christ! Oh God, whose yeah. idea the fuck was that? I could, <laughs> well, I know whose idea it was, and I could slap him upside his head still to this day. <laughs> Goodness. But, we had some fun nights. Yeah, the, those nights were awesome uh, just because you and I uh, managed to work that tiny bar at Boston's together and not get in each other's way. It, you know, No, we had, it, we had it mastered where I could walk behind you. Even if I walked in front of you, I knew how to maneuver around you so we wouldn't touch. Right. Which in yeah, this was, day and age, we, we were practicing social distancing before everybody else was. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because uh, you and I, uh, we had control of that bar. It was really easy. Uh, you knew the customers, and I was just throwing drinks and uh, running dishes like a madman. But, uh, well, even you were pouring drinks, and I would run dishes. I mean, we both had this, like, we, we knew how to do it in that little space. Not many people can see that. Right. They don't mind. And at the end of the shift, laugh and joke and not be pissed off at the other person. Right. In fact, there uh, there was that one night where I was pouring a pouring a drink and the bottom of the glass fell off. And oh you, yes, you tried your hardest not to laugh at me for that. <laughs> yes, and I don't know. I mean, like it was the most perfect break. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole pint glass of bottom, thought. <laughs> And I'm like, that's the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. Christ, wonderful. Right in the well. Could it get any better than that? Because now we've got to drain the well, <laughs> make sure everything's clean, get a bucket of ice, and get ourselves together enough to wait on. Because we know 1.30 is rolling around, and we're getting ready to get our asses kicked. Right. Because all the bars closed earlier than us, and we had to be on point. Oh, 
God, did we have a packed house. It was arm to arm uh, during those days. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was crazy. And, uh, and people thought that we were, were ridiculous to work these shifts. But I'm thinking in the last hour, we made over 200 bucks. Right. It was great. I mean, this was back in the day. Now, could you imagine if it was now with us, Anthony? We'd be pulling the cash over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do miss, I, I miss bartending a lot. Uh, I miss having money in my pocket all the time. But uh, a lot of people are going through that right now. So, oh, it's horrible. I've been having some nervous breakdowns. Yeah, I bet. Um, but the because our unemployment for us that work this industry is the most ridiculous amount of money and not good, ridiculous, like bad, ridiculous it's, that we see. I mean, at least e- in Oregon, it doesn't even reach your hourly, does it? No, no, let, you know, let like, alone the tips. I, I, I laughed like. My husband, well, we've been together for 26 years. Yeah, he's the man. And uh, totally. Um, I told him, I'm like, this is the amount that I'm getting. And he's like, uh, babe, that's funny because you make more than that in one night. And I'm like, but this is what Oregon says that I get. Mm-hmm. And talk about nervous breakdowns because I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. It's, it's the craziest thing ever. I can't imagine. Like, if you've got an employee that works all these hours, because most of us bartenders don't work over 40 hours a week. We just don't. Right. And I, I don't recommend for bartenders being behind the bar for 40 hours. I would lose my shit. I would kill people. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that out loud. No, no, that's perfect. I would fucking kill people. You're not the only bartender to ever say that. <laughs> Because, I mean, I, I just, it, it's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, you want to give me $227? Bitch, please. Yeah. Yeah. And not- I shouldn't, oh, see, and I shouldn't say stuff like that because there's probably bartenders right now that aren't even, not even right now, but don't make that. But I'm in a very established bar that has been there for many years. And, oh, yeah, uh, and you're and this you I think didn't you tell me this is the few t- one of the few times that you've done unemployment or the first time even my very first time my yeah. very first time so I try to remember uh, in the last few uh, shows that I've done I tried to uh, remind my listeners no matter what happens go file unemployment because it's better than not receiving n- no money at all. Well, and your dad told you to when you were in between jobs years and years and years ago. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, go fill out. Or should I say Tony? Tony. No, nobody <laughs> ever calls me kidding. Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's just funny. <laughs> uh, but, just, but it, you know, this is a really hard time. And you're uh, just just for informational pur- purposes, what's Boston's doing about the uh, the epidemic as of right now? All right, so what we're doing is, if you are in Oregon, please go to Boston's Pub and Grill in Wilsonville, Oregon, in order to go food. They will bag it up. They will bring it to your car. They'll take your card inside and run your card. Do whatever we can to keep everybody safe. Um, we, again, are still doing to-go orders. Um, we do have those few people that come in and say, can I have a drink while I wait? 
And I think, God, that'd be great if I could have a drink while we got, you know, get your food together. Yeah. You know, but no, we, we, we can't legally do it. Yeah, Oregon's strict. Can I that. play your can I play your poker machines? Because in Oregon it's legal to gamble. And Oregon has turned off their machines. No kidding. They are off. Wow. So you can't say like, oh, I'm just gonna sneak over here and put a twenty in. No, they're they are turned off. Never a day in my life did I think that I would miss walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> Like, I've almost put it on my Alexa just to hear it. So I can say, hey, are you doing okay over here? Are you doing okay over here? Because, like, for real. Like, that's the worst song ever, but it's one of the biggest games that's played. And yeah. you hear that music throughout your shift. And you go home, driving in your car, and you sing it like an Egyptian. <laughs> that's, well, you Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's Fortune, right? Pharaoh's Fortune, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, that... Took me by surprise when I first time I walked by one and I'm like, walk like an Egyptian? What? <laughs> right? It's crazy. But I was willing to give it a uh give it a break because I think Susanna Hobbs is hot. But uh that's oh, just she's me. beautiful. <laughs> I think I even had a crush on her at some point in my life. Because yeah. why would you not? <laughs> this this whole COVID nineteen thing that's been going on, it's gone to an extreme level that I've never heard of in my lifetime let alone ever where because to me it started sounding like it was getting serious when they shut down las vegas not just a few casinos here and there they shut the whole town down and and i'm gonna have to send you pictures from the family really that it is so crazy like to the bartenders out there the in servers Everybody that works the service industry, I am so sorry for you guys in Vegas. Oh, God. Because yeah. it doesn't just affect us bartenders. It affects our servers, our, 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 our cage people. I mean, not ours. I don't live there anymore. But, I mean, it affects everybody. Yeah, the whole establishment. Yeah, done. Your maids in, it's, it's, it's just crazy. It's so many people like I worry about Oregon being so shut down, but you think about Las Vegas right now. Like it, I, I almost don't even want to talk about it. Cause it makes me want to cry. Yeah. Because but, all those people are without work, but Vegas is uh, at least uh, the wind, the wind corporation. They're trying their best to keep everybody's spirits up there. I've seen pictures on Twitter where they've, lit up strategically lit up hotel room lights to spell out Vegas strong or, uh, you know, well, I haven't seen that. I will have to look that up. Yeah. They've got a bunch of them on. I should show my husband. Yeah. They've, uh, like the wind casino. Uh, I think maybe the MGM did it. I don't, I don't remember, but the wind corporation has been really on top of that sort of thing. And they're even paying, uh, paying their employees for this time off for at least a little while. I think. Well, and you do have some of the the people that do work there that are in the server community that are um, a what's the word I'm looking for union oh, union, union workers, right? That they're union workers, and at least they have that. I mean, because not everywhere around here has union workers in Vegas. I mean, like from Vegas, like we're not union workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we don't have to be union in Oregon. 
No, so at least that their insurance is, and I, I'm speculating on this, that it's lower. Like, most bartenders don't have. All right, I don't even want to talk about that. I'm sorry, Anna. No, that's all right. That, that's because that's I, also that, an important take that thing. Take that all all the way out of that because no. it's that's actually a very important thing that I've brought up to uh, in previous podcasts. Uh, there was an interview I did with a bartender named Chantel Hyde, and I was giving her props. Did you shake the shit out of it. Yeah. Uh, no, that was that was Randy Lynn. Uh, that was Randy Lynn. Like she was awesome, uh, and I've talked to her a number of times, and she's just the coolest. And Santa Fe's uh, Santa Fe's bartender of the year 2019. I always have to mention that when I mention her name, but um, please do. That's awesome. But she, uh, uh, but Chantel, she had a cancer scare plus uh, having oh, yes, a baby because yes, yes, I'd seen her on, um, not seen her. I've seen her on Fraternal Order of Bartenders that I turned you on to. Right. And uh, I, after I read her story, I said to myself, I've got to get her on the show because she's probably got some great information. Uh, well, bartending stories aside, she's probably got some great information when it comes to insurance and how you know, bartenders should take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, a lot of bartenders, like when I was when I was bartending with you, I was in my twenties, and I think when I was in my twenties, I was I thought I was bulletproof, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and Shannon were basically like, go uh, get some insurance. You know, mom and dad had already been beating me up about it for a long time, but both you and Shannon were just like, no, you need a job with insurance. Yes. And, um, and uh, are you, you, you are covered right now, right? I am covered a hundred percent because Will works, my husband, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is being recorded. So I'm just kind of, this is recording. It's, Oh, okay. So, um, Will is working. Um, he's a cell tower person mm-hmm. and he's like still working. Thank goodness because our insurance, there's no overtime. So, which is kind of rough. Right. But we still got his check and we still have our insurance, which I'm worried about is that the day that they come and say, um, you're laid off because then. What if one of us in my household gets it? Right. And then we have no insurance because my job doesn't cover any insurance. No, no. Most, most bars never do. In, I'm like, I get PTO from, from Hank, which I think is, I believe it's the state of Oregon that mandates that you have to have, um, PTO, right. um, sick pay, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he gives, um, I get my week's vacation. Oh, well, every year. That's so good. I still get a, a, a vacation and then I get my PTO. Right. And, uh, so which well, not all work- bosses do that. You, you've been working there for 20 years. Of course you deserve that sort of thing. Well, I took some time off. I went and got a really real job and that was stupid. Yeah. Well, I but- tried it but that was me trying to get pregnant and my job was too stressful. So needless to say, we got her and I told my boss, I'm like, this really, really world is stupid. I'm ready to go back behind the bar where <laughs> I shine. Uh, and I've been back. It was, a uh, when I went, uh, left the bartending scene, it was a difficult transition for me, uh, because I no longer had money in my pocket every night. Uh, 
mm-hmm. I had I had to work uh, goofy hours, and um, when I was mm-hmm. used to working five till close, and mm-hmm. uh, you did you have that same feeling? Um, it was the weirdest feeling ever because I don't walk amongst the day walkers. No, uh, I do. I, I'm a night walker. I know people probably think I'm crazy that I say that, but us late night bartenders, closing bartenders, know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. I am a I'm a night walker. Even with being, um, even with being a a night walker, going through this COVID nineteen thing is that all of a sudden I'm like I go to bed at six thirty. Oh golly jeepers! I'm gonna wake up at nine thirty, ten o'clock, and then I'm up till four in the morning. <laughs> because my body is so used to being on a different regimen. Right. And it's hard. Right. It takes a long time to switch over. Yes. And truthfully, I, I since the last time I had a night job, I don't, still don't think I'm over it. And it's been a long time since I had a night job. But uh, but working at, uh, working at night was actually kind of nice pre-COVID-19 because uh, you could go to the grocery store right after work and it's empty. <laughs> mm, well, only certain ones around this this place now like thriftway that you're used to in wilsonville yeah. well it became a safeway and they close so like there's something like i could go to winco well that's a lot uh, awful uh far drive for since you live in town i think oh it, it's a, it's a, it's a drive yeah but they were not now i've got thriftway that's open 24 hours because i'm a neighbor um and i've got a store to go shop at right and usually if you, uh, if you're, and there is no toilet paper on the shelves, by the way, just in case you were wondering, yeah, my the... biggest worry is cheese. Cheese. I really? go to the store and I think that gosh forbid that I don't have cheese that every time I'm at the store, I buy a log of Tillamook cheese. <laughs> yeah. Because Christ, like what am I going to drink with my wine? Cause I do drink wine too, mm. but what am I, I, I love, I love my cheese. That's my biggest worry. Mm. I just ordered my toilet paper through my boss from Cisco. Smart. No, I'm uh, sure I'm not supposed to say that, but well, that's what I did. Other bartenders just, uh, not, I'm sure other bartenders have taken advantage of work, except they just steal from their work instead of asking their boss, can you get me some toilet paper? No, I paid for it. Yeah. I told them I need some toilet paper. Get some money, order my toilet paper. It took me a week, yeah. but I got toilet paper. But I'm more worried about the cheese situation. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of pictures of you at wine t- tasting and things like that. I thought I thought that was wow. Things have changed since I left. <laughs> I know. I used to be a building shop kind of girl, and then I got turned on to great wine, mm-hmm. like great wine. So I'm in Oregon. I'm in wine country. Um, I had my friend turn me on to her name. It the vineyard is Rooney Wine, and she has the best big red wines you could ever taste the dolcetta the sangio the wine like the best wine ever she is amazing mm. delicious wines yes and i i just kind of kicked over because i guess i've never been a huge champagne drinker or try i'm drinking my champagne it's cheap champagne yeah. again loaded with booze and <laughs> some juice but I, I, I do love some big red wines. Yeah. I'm, the bigger, the better. Like you, 
Somebody wants to turn me on to a new wine that's good and it's big and it's flavorful and it's and not Pinots. Sorry, folks, I don't like Pinots. I like the big ones. Right. That almost sounded dirty, Anthony. I like yeah. Big I, ones. There's there's. I think everybody likes big ones. Yeah. Well, don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Careful that I almost said it wrong. I yeah, it, I was trying to save it, but I, I think I screwed <laughs> up. <laughs> Which go, uh, brings me to uh, one of uh, one of the favorite things that we used to do uh, was hanging out at the end of the night. Uh, My house. Your house, or even when we all went to Denny's and had breakfast after our shift. Yes, or Shannon's house. We did Shannon's house, too. Yes, and that was always a really great way to decompress after a shift, you know, just the, all of us friends getting together, uh, having, having one or two for the road and just talking and joking all night long. That was the best. <laughs> oh, and perhaps making fun of our customers that we've had. Oh yeah. Well, there, there's that always that. The yeah. There's always that Uh, every bartender or server I've ever talked to, of course, they all talk shit about customers. Um, most of the time in yes, but some of them made us like really like belly laugh. Like there's a few of them that, you know, like I fly with the Eagles. Wasn't that what you said? I fly with the Bernie, Eagles. Bernie, Bernie, remember? You'd put his hand up. Yeah. I fly uh, with the Eagles, baby. All I remember is hello, baby. <laughs> hello, baby. Yeah, just after oh. every pretty that was pretty much his sentence enter for anything towards <laughs> the end of the night. Because <laughs> well, that's when we—that was his sign of intoxication. We knew. Hello, yeah. baby. Like, oh, I can't give you anymore. Let me pour an O'Doul's in a pint glass, and you're not going to know the difference. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of customers at Boston's. I think about from time to time uh, that I've, uh, well, some of them that I absolutely hated, some and but some, um, some of them I truly miss, like Rusty. Uh, uh, he was my favorite guy to sit and talk to talk about rock and roll with. And yes. he, he moved away. Don't know what his status is right now, but, um, and, uh, Jeff, uh, Mongo from Johnny Limbo and the lug nuts, oh, yes. uh, you know, God rest his soul. exactly. Uh, another guy that I, he was my favorite to, uh, talk about rock and roll with, but, um, you know, there, there came that period of time though, because uh, there was that block of time where I was working four, three, four days a week at Boston's, and uh, I got absolutely sick of hearing Bernie say "Hello, baby," where oh, yeah. I'd want to jump across the bar and strangle him. Uh huh. Yeah. But when so I, I was heading to the bar, that's okay. That's what I think. <laughs> but um. But when, like you said, you take a little bit of time off and give it, give yourself a chance to decompress. Uh, God, then... I miss my drunks. I, yeah. miss, I miss my kids. <laughs> I miss waiting on them and finding out what they're doing. And I never thought I'd miss them a date in their lives. Yeah. I never thought. Like, the ones that annoyed me the most, I never thought I'd miss. Right. I've almost thought about calling them when I've had four bottles of champagne. And I think, no, oh, go get your drunk food and go to bed. Because you don't need to talk to them right now. But you developed relationships with a, lo- a lot of your customers that almost were yes. as strong a bond as being family. Like Tim and Debbie. Yes. Uh, oh, I love them. They uh, they were I uh, they were like family to you. Yes, yes, yes. 
And one hundred percent. And I've got a lot of those um those families that I have watched. You know what the the hardest part is is loving these families is because Boston's is a restaurant and a bar. Is you know you're getting old when you waited on a kid that was three or four and they get to go from the restaurant side on their 21st birthday to the bar side and you're like, geez, Louise, I am the oldest fucking bitch in the bar now <laughs> because I've watched you grow up and now I am pouring your first drink. <laughs> and they've been looking forward to it all their lives. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they're 20, they're like, I can't wait till next year. You're going to pour my first drink, Bob. You're going to pour my first drink. And I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not going to pour your first drink. You're going to pour your own first drink at 21. And there's been a few that walked in, nope, Bob, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. And then I laugh at them and say, cheers. Like, can you do a shot? Like, no, can't. But I'll cheers my water with you. Yay. Yeah, that came up quite a bit. There are states uh, where they allow bartenders to do a shot with their customers, but not Oregon. Not in Oregon. No, you get in big, bad trouble for drinking in Oregon behind the bar. Right. OLCC will have you done. They will pull your liquor license. They will find you. They will find the bar. They, no tolerance, zero tolerance for drinking behind the bar. Which I'm glad because Christ, my liver would be feeling by now. Right. If I could drink every day, I won't. <laughs> and just walk over to the Jaeger machine. Break time. <laughs> oh, yes. Like the lady that came in one night um, and um, was sitting there. And I had to go potty because, you know, we, we can only hold it so long. Yeah. I mean, for every bartender out there, you know, you can only hold your pee so long. And you got to go. So I go potty. Mind you. We only have a certain amount of people working at a certain hour at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came around the corner, and the lady was hitting the Jaeger machine with a pint glass. Oh, dear. For a full pint of Jaeger. <laughs> so then, me being the kind soul that I am, right, I took it out of her hand, and I actually did a little jigger thing, pulled all my shot glasses out, poured them out, and then I charged her for them. And she's like, well, good. I'm going to drink them. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get to drink them. You just bought a round. So <laughs> I gave it to everybody that walked up. I gave them a round. I charged her for it. <laughs> no, you don't get to walk behind my bar. And you don't get to pour all the booze out either. I've told uh, told many a people, if somebody walks behind your bar, uh, that's technically private property. And, and the bartender can oh. feel free to kill them. Yeah. Oh, I, w- I would like to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was it? Sandy said that uh, the muddler is the best weapon you have behind the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because you could do some damage with one of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the after hours was always the best part about bartending. I mean, sure, we, we made a lot of friends that were sitting uh, sitting at the bar. But then when, like, you, me, and Chase would uh, go back to your garage, we'd sit and BS for, well, most of the time till the sun came out. And, yes. Uh, and it was pretty much BS about anything. I mean, we'd sit there and joke. We'd tell stories. We'd even talk about personal problems. And Because what was said in the garage, Anthony, what it did not do, it never left. That was ne- before what's ever said in Vegas. Never left Vegas. No, we had this going before then. We just knew. Right. Whatever we said, we were good. And right. we were safe. 
and uh and it was a comfortable space you know that that made it comfortable and it it's not like in the movie waiting where everybody's uh taking a hit off a bong and uh partying really hard it was just mellow uh, which well, I no, appreciate. That'd be silly because Will would come out in his underwear and he would take a bong hit and he'd go back to bed. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Will was. <laughs> oh my god, I love my husband. <laughs> he was the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. And I would say it was like open, but it wasn't. Well, God, we had some fun. Yeah, we it, and it was a, usually a fairly closed group. It uh, we tight knit. We didn't let just anybody come in. It was that no. Uh, they had to earn. Come on, money. Anthony. I didn't like many people. Yeah. Well, they thought I liked them, but I really didn't like them. I didn't want them in my house. Yeah. My my favorite thing you ever said to a customer was when uh, you were off the clock, and person could try to come up and talk to you, and said you yelled at them, "I'm not on the clock. I don't have to be nice to you." Yes. <laughs> yes, I do say that, and sometimes I say, um, "I'm not looking for new friends." Um, sometimes I say, mm, that's great. I mean, I, I don't know. I just have always just been me on this. Right. I mean, it's either you like me or you don't. I will try to win you over just because it's fun. Right. And then nine times out of 10 that I do win you over, I feel like, oh, I actually really like you. So everybody in Wilsonville, at least when I first started, everybody thought, uh, I was very antisocial. And, uh, I think I even remember one of the wankers girls warning shannon that i was uh i was going to be a pain in the ass to work with but i was just starting at that point in time and was the way i described it to you if i remember right find trying to find my niche yeah and then you found your niche i mean i don't think that paradise was your niche i think that when you went to boston's you found your niche because we have so many different walks of life from the homeless to, I don't know, we've got one of the richest people in Oregon that comes in. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think that that you just finally found your niche in, in your place, that the home that you felt behind the bar, because you've got to have a home behind the bar. Right. Because if you don't have a home behind the bar, then then you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. My opinion, right? Not saying it's true facts, but I think once you're comfortable and you know where you're at and you know your people, for goodness sakes, I've been there forever mm-hmm. and I know my people and I so miss my people, right? It, it, it's rough, it's rough right now. I truly, truly, other than eating in the kitchen with my cold food. <laughs> because I don't know how to eat a hot food, hot meal, um, which I'm sure most bartenders are. Like, as yeah. horrible as it sounds, it's like my daughter was standing in the kitchen, which is 11. Oh, mom, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm making a drink. She's like, well, can I help you? And I'm like, sure. Let me teach you how to make a cocktail. I mean, <laughs> like, if you're going to fall on your mother's footsteps, be a bartender because we're great people. All right. We're, we're a great, eccentric group. And if that's what you want to be when you grow up, hands down, I will high five you. I'll give you knocks. This is this is a great industry, right? But lots of people don't think that way of our industry. No, which is super sad. It's super sad because we are the best group of people loving, people hating, want to punch you in your face, 
perhaps your throat. <laughs> but we but we love people, and that's why we're there. Uh, that's what I keep trying. Uh, one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because uh, to you know one so that other bartenders can hear other bartenders and relate to that, and uh, and if the people that aren't bartenders happen to listen to this podcast, they start to understand what we're going through behind the bar. It, you know, they have to, un, you know, I'm trying to make people understand that that extra side of ranch isn't really that important, but it, well, it could be important to some people. Well, but I don't that. find it that important, but <laughs> it, it is, especially in the Boston's fries. I mean, you have to have ranch with the Boston's French fries. I mean, with the Boston's French fries, you have practically need a half a gallon because the French fries are huge. You do. You do. <laughs> like they're the most ridiculous French fries ever in the world. But with the way bartenders, uh, that's one thing that I've never really talked about that other bartenders can probably relate to is that uh, when we eat, we're still on the clock. We're not actually taking a full on break, sit down, uh, yeah. enjoy our food type of thing. It's I'm eating. There's somebody at the bar. I got to get back out there. Then we forget our foods there. Then we go back to get something. Oh, I still have chicken strips or whatever we ordered, you know, <laughs> Um, we eat lots of salads because we're used to cold food. Right. We eat cold chicken strips. I mean, like we, we eat everything cold. I mean, even being at home, like I said earlier, like it's really weird to have warm food. Right. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. So I let my food cool <laughs> up and then, then I eat. Right. And, teach- and then I'm excited to clean up after everybody because I, I'm so used to cleaning up after everybody. Like, they all go to bed, and I'm downstairs cleaning my whole house. Uh, now, that's uh, that's a really cool thing that, uh, you know, your kids might be interested in helping you in the kitchen, so you'll teach them how to uh, pour a drink or something like that. Uh, I've... Sometimes I teach them how to cook, but, yeah, shoot, if I could sit on the couch and they pour me a drink, I'm not going to complain. As long as they're not, I'm they're sorry, not... folks out there that don't want their kids making drinks for them, but, yes, I Teach me to pour a cocktail. Uh, and, Mass. And there's probably millions upon millions of people out there who uh, turn over and say, tell their son, hey, go to the fridge, get me a beer, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, I've been watching a whole bunch of videos of bartenders that are quarantined at home right now. And uh, I want to say the best. Uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're showing like this one girl showed a video of her son making chocolate milk but using a uh, a bar stirring spoon when he did it and i thought mm. that's awesome <laughs> my daughter does her chocolate milk with my shaker yeah like, nice who knew who, who would have thought about that because and the years that i've loved chocolate milk i never thought about using my shaker to make chocolate milk you know i've and never thought of that either <laughs> Perhaps she will strain it into a martini glass. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good. She's learning. She's learning. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Um, I remember there was a period of time uh, where Shannon's son Desert uh, would drink Sprite with a shot glass. And oh yes, that's the only way he would do it. <laughs> and you know, I thought I don't see anything wrong with that. Truthfully, but well, and I don't. I just think it's just glassware right like you you have your own glassware you you drink how you want and and so what if a kid wants to drink it out of a bucket who cares if they won't drink it out of a rocks glass it's whatever they're drinking it if my kid doesn't like milk and i can get him a shot glass 
for sure they're drinking that what they need right and uh uh what what was another uh post i saw where uh her the woman said her son felt sorry for her that she wasn't getting tips so he tipped her every day oh and uh, oh she, i didn't see that one that yeah, was awesome she uh, i guess she said that he she tries to sneak it back into his piggy bank but he keeps giving it back to her <laughs> oh that oh that's so sweet no. my kids don't do that my kids are like what you got mom <laughs> <laughs> well it's like okay anthony let's give it like a run back on my son because right. he's been with me since i've bartended my whole life how old is he now um, he's 24 oh, and he's the most God. beautiful drag queen ever you would ever see in your life. He <laughs> is a beautiful drag queen. Um, so when he was, oh goodness, um, five years old, I think, um, he wanted to go shopping. I'm like, no, I just paid all the bills. I don't have any money. And he's like, Man, I'll get my, I'll get my piggy bank out. Mm. AKA he said his tip jar. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So he brings it to me, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, we can do this, and, and I'll replace the money. So then I'm pulling money out of it, and I'm like, I got a one. Wait, wait, where'd, where'd you get the 20 from? Wait, 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 wait. Got a 50 in there? And I pull all this money out, and he's got, oh, I don't know, like 200 and change in there. Oh, dear God. I didn't count the change. These are dollars. 200 and plus dollars and i'm like well son where the heck did you get all this he's like out of your purse like dad does <laughs> and i lost my shit so i went to well mike are you pulling money because i'm thinking i've made a certain amount and then i count my money and i'm like well, that's crazy because i'm not i didn't bring home what i thought i did and for a while i thought i was losing my mind <laughs> so he had to go get his piggy bank aka his tip jar. <laughs> yeah. And found all my money. So needless to say, we went shopping. Yeah. And I replaced it into his bank account, not into his chip jar. Right. Now, the last time I saw your daughter, though, she was still basically a baby potato in a crib. Uh, oh. And so she's, what, nine, ten now? Oh, she's 11. 11. Right underneath your niece. Right. Because your niece was born right before Lily was, yeah. Right. Um, uh, uh, has she taken on your personalities and traits like I always figured she would? Oh, oh my goodness, yes. She's just a sassy molassy. And she's the one that makes my cocktails for me every now and again. <laughs> Want to learn how to do it. And she just is as stubborn as I am. And if you give give her a cross eye, man, she will come at you. Like nothing, nobody is other. Uh, I've seen a couple of her Snapchats pop up where she's just like, I'm a pickle. <laughs> and <laughs> Oh, yes. She does my Snapchats for me because <laughs> I haven't quite figured out the whole Snapchat world. Sorry, bartenders. I, I'm i an old bartender. I'm still figuring out the whole Facebook thing and oh, Snapchat. Uh, and I just got a, um, an Instagram. Oh, Who really? Knew? Well, I'm trying to figure it out because uh, I just don't do all this stuff. Well, Facebook and Instagram is always—they've uh, always been handy for me to let people know that I've got a new podcast uh, coming out. I've actually been learning from other people of other ways to promote my podcast through social media, and because they're like Randy Lynn uh, uh, Lambert uh, from Santa Fe, 
she uh, runs the social media for like four different companies in that town. And I learned, I've learned a lot of stuff cause she'll, um, she'll put on there the day's food special at, uh, the cowgirl bar and girl or now we have a gal that at Boston's that is doing Cassie. Mm-hmm. Um, she is doing a post every day. And one of our other gals, Angela is doing a post every day of what we do for to go orders. Um, and she posts. I just, I just, I'm, I'm just not that. Kidding me? I can't even take a selfie the right way, <laughs> let alone do like Snapchats the right way. Well, you got kids; they'll teach you. Yeah, thank God for for Michael. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they sometimes they uh, some wait uh, some bartenders they'll say come visit me at my bar i'll be there between six and close or something like that and uh, announce that they're going to be there to their customers and friends uh i mean uh mostly with hey bartender podcast i post goofy memes constantly but you do uh, good. uh but the you know it's important to me that i at least try to keep the memes down to a, a reasonable level and uh, really promote the show and especially promote who's going to be on my show or the music act that I'm going to have on, uh, on the show. So it's pretty much that easy. <laughs> just learning how to do all that is different for me. I just, I, 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 I need to learn better on doing social media. I just think that I've been at the bar for so many years. One more, uh, one more quick subject to go over with you uh, since I've missed out on the last however many years of the bartender social scene changing because uh, back when I was a bartender, text messaging was a reasonably new thing, uh, you know, because some of us were still typing, you know, oh, okay, I need a B, so I got to hit one twice. Okay. And then E, right. we, we, we were texting like that. And uh, now in today's uh, social media craze, uh, texting, uh, posting and all that stuff. Does that happen a lot in the bar? Oh yes. Yeah. Tons, tons of texting. Like it's so weird to watch people these days because they have their heads down and they're on their phone. They're not interacting with anybody. They're worried about their selfies. They're worried about, what's going on in their phone versus actually sit around visiting where I grew up in a bar where you visit and you, you chit chat and you put your phone away. Like when I go out with my friends, it's that we take our phones, we put them off to the side and nobody can touch them. Yeah. It's a good rule because we're here to visit and make fun and joke and make fun of each other. and. It's just, isn't that the way the world's supposed to be? It's not about being plugged in to be on your Facebook or your Instagram or your Twitter or your fuck whatever else is there. Yeah. Don't you just want to sit around and fucking visit like normal fucking people do? Yeah, I Sorry, think Anthony, there's a lot of fucks right there. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Um, I, I remember there was one time where I was making fun of two girls that used to come in on my night. And they were both on their cell phone sitting sitting at the table. 
And I, you know, as I'm walking by him, I stop and I look, look at them both. They both look at me and I go, please say you're not on the phone talking to each other. And they both laughed. Right. At me and, <laughs> and they, and they probably were because people are fucking weird that way. <laughs> they text each other across the table. Like, can't you carry on a conversation? Yeah. Or like, I want to know what I, what's going on. Well, well, there, I do remember times where we, we were all hanging out and, uh, somebody wanted to send you a text message that they didn't necessarily want the rest of the table to hear. And uh, I remember things like that happening. Okay, that can be useful. But uh, yeah, come on, you're hanging out with friends. Get your phone, put your phone down. You know, because when they started talking, when, when I first heard the term social distancing, I'm like, don't we already do that? <laughs> right? For sure hands down we all do that but really isn't it enough is enough like maybe this COVID-19 is teaching us how to like visit like I had friends that are bartenders I FaceTimed one the other night we sat we had cocktails we social distanced like a motherfucker yeah I woke up hungover <laughs> because we kept drinking and chit-chatting but maybe that we need to learn to not so much as be on our devices as to learn to communicate with everybody that's around us. See, my pet peeve uh, about it is when people try to hold a full conversation with me via text message. And then I don't I, do that well. I, I just call you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know that. And I thank you for that. Uh, but when, you know, they're trying to hold a full conversation, I, there's, there will be a point where I said, would you just please fucking call me? And uh, sometimes they do, uh, which, but the problem, my problem is with it is sometimes they don't. It's like, what? You know, this is obviously it's more too than, hard to carry on a conversation anymore these days. Yeah, it, like, I don't want to have to worry about my punctuation, my commas, my <laughs> colons, and like, that, that's too fucking much. And autocorrect can like, fuck things up in a relationship. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm going to duck you later. <laughs> you know, I, I'm i telling you to duck off or, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go do a, sh uh, a shoot. <laughs> Christ, too much. Uh, yeah, I've missed out on uh, a lot of the social changes. Uh, I mean, I like to tell people that the bar was the original Tinder app. And, <laughs> it, right. and uh, you know, things like that. That's... That's how we used to uh, meet people and uh, sometimes hook up and if you're lucky and things like that. But uh, yeah, it's gone down to swipe left, swipe right, you know? That's that. I don't swipe right or swipe left. I just like swipe up so I can see what I've got going on. Yeah. Oh, that's those dating apps. I'm not used to this. <laughs> Please take that off. Take that off. No, no that's funny. Come on. <laughs> okay, hold on. You can do whatever. But talk to Will. I got to pee real quick. Okay. Well, while I talked to uh, Will for a few minutes, I'm going to let you guys take a little bit of a break as I introduce this podcast's musical act. This podcast, we are bringing in an artist from New York, New York. His name, uh, the name of the group is Strange Magic, and here from his album 2020 is a single, Curtain Up. We're so happy you paid the price to let us down. 
From the album 2020, that was Strange Magic with their single Curtain Up. If you want to find out more about Strange Magic, just go to his website. That's S-T-R-A-N-G-E-M-A-J-I-K dot com. And if you want to listen to more of his stuff, it's all available on bandcamp.com. Or even look him up on social media, find out some more information about him, and maybe even where he's going to play next. Uh, Go check him out right now. Now let's get back to the uh, interview with Barbara Robertson, already in progress. Okay. Uh, All right. This is how you open a bottle of champagne. Listen. Hold on. You got me recorded? Okay, yeah, you're recording. Perfect. And yes, (laughs) I'm drinking another bottle of champagne chatting. (laughs) I'm leaving that in, even with Will saying uh, my eye. (laughs) (laughs) Just totally leave that in. (laughs) Um, Am I doing okay so far? you're, You're doing great, Barb. Don't worry about it. I feel it. weird doing this. No, don't don't even worry like, about it. People are going to think I'm a fucking nutcase. That's okay, I am. Uh, the, uh, if you listen to the last podcast that I did uh, where I it felt like I ra- was ranting randomly, I had the idea of talking more about the COVID uh, epidemic, but I no, kind of went I everywhere. I haven't made it to that one because yeah. I listen to you in my office upstairs yeah. when I'm doing furniture. Right. And So I do hear that. But yeah. you edit this, and you're going to bring it into where it's not like you and I chatting. You're going to take it, and you're going to take my stupid parts out, right? You promise? Promise. Promise. And some of the stuff I'm not going to consider as stupid as you think uh, you think they are. So be prepared. Okay. Well, you. <laughs> this is what you do. Um, okay. Uh, um, anyway, uh, to start wrapping wrapping this up, um, a lot, uh, first of all, uh, you said that uh, uh, some of your coworkers post for Boston's Pub and Grill. Does Boston's have a uh, social media presence? Um, we're not as good as we should be, for sure, one hundred percent. And because our owner is not really good on that, we've all been talking about taking it over, mm-hmm. which we should because it's been the same pictures for I don't know, like five years, six years. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of who's doing it. Because um, I think it's Shelby. But then, give me a second, Anthony. I think it's Shelby. But Jeff is supposed to be taking care of the the web, which he quit doing. I honestly don't know who's doing our Facebook page. Well, let's just remind everybody that um, uh, you work at Boston Pub and Grill in Wilsonville, Oregon. And your name is Barbara Robertson. If you want a good bartender, you uh, go, go see you. That cool? For sure. And one more thing, just because uh, I've re- lately I've been getting emails from some of my listeners saying that this podcast uh, has been the only thing keeping them sane during this difficult time in the United States, well, all over the world. Um, do you have any advice for any of the bartend uh, for the bartenders listening on uh, what you're doing to get through this whole COVID nineteen situation? Well, my first advice is let's not kill our livers and our kidneys. that's my first one because we are bartenders most of us do drink um we just got to remember to breathe through this that this world is not going to be the way it is forever and let's just look forward to when everything opens back up and how busy we're going to be 
and how many times within the first two days we're back talking to the region that we all cuss at and telling us the region how we fucking hate people or how many times we go to the walk and we fucking hate people but we're so excited for that part of our lives to be back to normal so we, we just have to embrace what we're going through knowing that we have to take a minute to breathe and get through all of this mm. because we will be back to what we were and if not better that's a brilliant piece of advice I'm, and i hope everybody takes that to heart well anyway barb um uh, thank you so much for being on the show thank you for making time for me um it was a lot of fun to have you on the show i uh one of these days i hope to have you back on just because i know we got tons more we can talk about for hours yeah because we've done that for hours that's uh because like like everybody that follows this podcast uh i told them that i came up with this idea because of our garage talks and uh you know, uh, I thought this would be a brilliant way for other bartenders to hear other bartenders' stories and get to know each other and be friends and stuff like that. Yes, I think that, and and a, a salute out to the um, Fraternal Order of Bartenders, which I love. Absolutely. Love you guys. You guys keep me on my toes. You make me laugh. Sometimes you make me cry. But that's a good group that we have. Anyway, thank you so much, Barb, for being on the show. But I got to announce, last call, people. That's it. Last call for alcohol. Some of us miss saying that at this point. I'm pretty sure. Um, would like to thank. I'd like to uh, thank Barbara Robertson for being on the show, taking some time out, giving a little bit of her history, giving uh, a little bit of the humor, ups and downs of uh, being a bartender. Uh, also, like to thank Strange Magic for uh, letting me use their single "Curtain Up." Remember to go check them out on bandcamp.com. Remember, guys, if you want to be on the show, guys and girls, i got to be uh, fair here. Uh, guys and girls, if you want to be on the show, all you have to do is email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com, and I'd love to arrange something with you. If you are a musician or a band and want to get your sound out there, email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. Uh, if you want to keep up with everything that's going on in the show you can follow us on the facebook page hey bartender podcast you can follow me on the instagram page hey bartender podcast i'm on twitter but really not that much um but i do have a page there it's hey bartender po1 uh go check out the hey bartender podcast website where you'll see a very neglected blog and uh maybe a few hey bartender podcast pieces of merchandise and swag you might uh, you might kind of dig. So head on over to www.heybartenderpodcast.com today. Oh, almost had, I had a hard time getting that word out. Uh, I hope everybody out there is doing well. Uh, thank you, for everybody, for uh, using up some of your time uh, during these trying times for listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, remember, give me a rating on iTunes uh, or join the Facebook page and show some solidarity for the rest of your bartender friends. Uh, we all miss being behind the bar. We hope to get back there as soon as possible. And like Barb said, after a while, we do end up missing some of our customers, even the ones we absolutely cannot stand. So until the next show, ladies and gentlemen, I want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, Lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. 
Good night. So good, I had to blow again. I said, Hey, watch it.